Hi everyone, my name is Miles Surratt and I serve as the Associate Director of Campus Activities and Events at Clemson University. I'm also happy to be your host for the Nashville Leadership Podcast presented by the Student Leadership Programs Knowledge Community. My guests today are the incoming co-chairs of the Student Leadership Programs Knowledge Community, Avani Rana and Sean Ryan. Avani is the Director is the director of leadership at the College of New Jersey. Previously, Avani served as the Assistant Director of Leadership and Assistant Director of Student Involvement at Rutgers University. Avani completed her undergraduate work at Rutgers, her master's at New York University, and her doctoral work at Rutgers. Sean Ryan is the Associate Director of Fraternity Life and Experiential Leadership Education at Dickinson College. Sean previously worked as the Associate Director of Fraternity and Sorority Life at Longwood University as a Coordinator for Leadership Development at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Sean holds a master's degree from Nova Southeastern University and a bachelor's degree from the University of Iowa. Welcome, Sean and Avani. Hello. Hello. It's nice to be with you all here at the NASP Annual Conference. Uh, let's start with our first segment. So this is just designed to help everybody understand you uh, both as people and professionals a little better. So, Sean, can you tell me about the unique skills that you bring to a food retailer? Yeah, so uh, my first job, uh, when I grew up in my good old small town in Northeast Iowa, I worked at a grocery store, uh, and uh, I loved the idea of bagging groceries. That's something that I always ran to the front towards when they called an extra bagger, because it's like a game for me behind it type of thing. But anyway, so I, I enjoyed it so much that my store actually entered me into a bagging competition, where I placed 12th nationally in a grocery bagging competition in high school. So, Where was that? The, the bagging competition? Yeah. It was in Las Vegas. You like traveled in for the grocery bagging competition. Yeah, and I mean, I would have placed in the top ten, uh, but I believe a store cheated. But I don't have any actual knowledge on this because you can only usually send one person from each store, but there was two from the same store, so I think that they learned what was in the bag, um, which affects how quickly you pack in and stuff like that. So I think that there was some colluding going on, but I don't have any evidence on that. I understand collusion is hard to prove. Yeah. Um, all right, Avani, how about this? What's the most beautiful place you've ever visited? That's hard to peck. I mean, I would say this past January, we took a group of students to India. Um, we took, this is the first time we had taken a group of students to India and um, the Taj Mahal had this like very eerie fog to it as we walked in. And so that was probably the most recent beautiful thing that I've been able to see. Um, but if I had to choose like another place, I would say probably Australia. Uh, we went to this beautiful like Bondi Beach area of, of Sydney, Australia, and we got to just like watch the water, and so some of the most beautiful places. I mean, but it's hard because it's like which beautiful buildings, beautiful water, beautiful spaces. But yeah. All right, cool. Sean, can you tell me how did you? So you are the incoming co-chair uh, of the SLPKC. How did you connect to this uh, to this group? Um. So was, I think back to my grad school experience, one of uh, my closest mentors, um, Anthony DeSantis, got me involved in NASPA, Florida, uh, and kind of was like, hey, help us plan a graduate luncheon. He's like, hey, you thought about joining the knowledge community? Uh, he goes, I'm a part of this one and things like that. So I was like, oh, yeah, as an eager graduate student in the first year, I was like, okay, sure, why not? Got involved, and then it just kind of uh, spiraled out of control. People were like, you know, you should apply for the pre-composition, and I did, and I enjoyed doing that. And, and here I am. So I think it was just a lot of people being like, "Hey, you should. If you thought about doing this, you should. You should go out for it. You should give it a try." Um, so I think it was just a lot of people believing in me, and that's how I am where I'm at today. I guess. Which, if you had asked me in grad school, I would have never envisioned a being this involved in ASPO or, or in this current position. So, okay, cool. 
I like that phrase, spiraling out of control. Is that, y'all think that's the tagline for your administration of the KC? Sparta. Uh, I would say, I would beg to differ that my OCD um, nature of that probably would not help that piece of it. No, no, that's not a good fit, huh? <laughs> no. we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll All make right. a hashtag by this time next year. Yeah, okay, we'll work on that. We'll talk to the social media team. Okay. <laughs> All right, Ivani, what is another easy question for you here? What is, uh, what's the best book about leadership? So I was really thinking about this. So there are a couple of different books that I would consider. So for our student leadership programs um, class that I teach, I teach a FSP, which is a first-year seminar program, Leaders Are Made Not Born. So we use the Intro to Leadership book by Peter Northhouse, um, as well as in combination with um, the Susan Comovie's um, classic book on student leadership development. And so um, those two are kind of the piggybacks that I use because North House really takes like more of a management communication end of things. So for intro books, I think those two kind of go really well together because they gave real, real world examples as well as student examples with both of those books. So those would be probably the ones that I would use the most. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. So we're going to switch to our next segment, which is called Higher Ed, Two Truths and a Lie. <laughs> um, so I'm going to provide you all with two true stories from higher ed current events and one lie, and that you're going to have to parse out the lie. The theme this time is the word, huh. So your first option is that Vice President of Academic Affairs at McNeese State, Tom McNear, recently generated controversy with a one-word email response to the entire campus. Dr. Munir actually accidentally responded to an email about emergency, about emergency management on campus with just the word, huh. He's since issued an apology delineating a thorough understanding of the university's emergency management procedures. So that is, so that's one option. Uh, that's the uh, Dr. McNear reply all fail. Uh, your next option is that Beverly McClure was recently ousted as president at Adams State uh, College in Colorado. McClure faced several issues during her tenure, most notably controversy over Halloween costume. President McClure dressed up as an obese plumber for Halloween in 2016, and this image was then forwarded around, including fake, uh, fake buck teeth, tinted glasses, and a backwards hat. So that's another option, is obese plumber uh, controversy. And then the last option is that Echo360 is a lecture engagement platform designed to allow students to give feedback in class. Echo360 offers the ability for students to indicate many things in real time, including, most interestingly, to notify when they're confused. This feature, called the Huh button, can be studied by the lecturer after class to determine what needs to be addressed in the future. So those are your options. You've got uh, Tom McNear and the Huh reply, uh, reply all fail at uh, McNeese State. We have Beverly McClure and the obese plumber controversy at Adams State College in Colorado, or we have the hum button with <coughs> Echo 360. So what do y'all think? What is the fake story? See, I want to say it's the plumber situation, but that I is... Want, I know, I want to say it's the last one. The hump button. Yeah, like, like that seems like something that would happen. But that's my thing is like knowing Miles, I feel like that's something that he would perfectly throw something in there for. 
Hard to say. Are we allowed to phone a friend or? Mm-mm. Okay. No phoning friends. I don't. Th- the first one with a reply at all, I think, is. Let's do a process of elimination. Okay. Again, the OCD mm, methodical sure. person in Hashtag Spartan Life Control here. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, would be that the haunt email would be something that would happen. I think it would happen by accident. Yeah. 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 That. I can see that happening by accident. Yeah. The. The only reason why I can say like the plumber thing is because I think, even though it did happen in the past, I think with the current campus culture, like in, in the climate of stuff like that, and maybe she's not in good standing with her. I don't know. I could just see like people like trying to dig to find information, but I don't know. But you gave a lot of details, which is one of those things that if you listen to <coughs> other shows, sometimes that is your clue that that right. might be the hurt button. So what's the final answer? Enough beating around the bush here. I vote for the ha button. Okay, let's go with that. So, you're incorrect. Uh, ha button is real. Uh, what? Really? What? Uh, and Beverly McClure was also recently ousted as uh, president, uh, partially <laughs> because of what? her obese plumber. Uh, <coughs> Tom McNear at Maine State is... I assume not a real person, and he did not reply all, just saying the word, huh? But I was excited about a huh theme after the huh button, and so then I wrote that one. <laughs> so, huh button, very real, apparently. Sounds sounds interesting. Um, Mind blown. Yeah, there you go. So, huh. I hadn't tricked anybody in a while, so it was very satisfying. Thank you for that. Oh, <laughs> thanks for putting that up, Miles. Appreciate that. Yeah, well, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, so uh, to transition to our last uh, segment here, <laughs> a leadership conversation so we can talk a little bit about the future of the SL- SLPKC. Um, Sean, what, what role do you want the SLPKC to play in the overall field of student leadership education? Um, yeah, so Ivani, feel free to jump in too, Ivani, if, if I do miss anything. Um, I think kind of wanna, we, we kind of want to be that resource for um, campus-based professionals as well as different organizations. I think right now there's not like a standard, um, I guess, go-to place of updated current information regarding um, best leadership practices or um, different things like that. So I think that there's a lot of resources that are either old and outdated that I think we can start updating and kind of getting back out to the rest of the constituents um, of the KC. I think it's also, um, I think it's also op- provides this opportunity to collaborate with other people because I think leisure development is a part of a lot of different facets of, uh, of higher education. So I think understanding um, how we can kind of mesh two ideas or two different functional areas together through the, through the different work of regional reps and um, sharing best practices and sharing our stories and highlighting what other people are doing as best practices. I think oftentimes we get so tunnel vision in what we're doing on our own campus or what we've always done that we sometimes forget all the possibilities and opportunities that's out there and what tweaks we can make to that already pre-existing system. So I think really kind of just serving as a resource for people um, and as like a kind of a go-to place for that. So, hmm. Okay. Avani, anything to add? I think another key piece that we've worked, we've been talking about is the co- bringing the conference <coughs> to the larger community. Yeah. Um, as we start to think about it, you know, such a small percentage of our KC is actually able to come to the conference itself. And as we look at resource development and different pieces like that, financial resources for most of our campuses are getting less and less for professional development. Yeah. So how can we provide some of the opportunities to learn and to be resources that we get at the conference and also share that with our constituents while they're at 
back at their home, home campuses. So that continued professional development still exists, even if you don't attend one of our national conferences mm -hmm. or even our regional conference. But are there ways that we can engage um, our professionals that are part of our community in a different way? Is it through social media or different means that we can provide for them to be able to have those valuable conversations um, to be able to engage with others who are doing this type of work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So maybe to piggyback off off that a little bit. What are some what are some goals for the for the KC this year? What are things that y'all are in your first year in your role hoping to really get accomplished? I think one of the big fundamental ways is that resource development. Um, we really want to create create more of um, some resources for our constituents as we start to think about how we can showcase best practices that are happening around on different campuses and doing that through a variety of different means. Um, through podcasts or through social media or doing those kinds of things. I think we want to make more of a touch point with all of our, our folks across uh, the community to be able to kind of work with them. Um, and then I think another key piece for us is um, being able to have all of our leadership team be involved with that process, like really engaging the strengths of the team and being able to work with them to kind of share some of those pieces. So having consistent blog posts to share some of the things that they may be doing on their campuses, but also what they see as best practices across the community, um, I think will allow us to share what's happening um, across campuses and what things people, creative things people are doing around the leadership development. And I think to kind of really touch on that too, I think, you know, as Amani mentioned, you know, professionals not necessarily having that opportunity to come to a national conference, but like also how can we get them involved more on the regional level? I think NASPA uh, produced a task force um, last year that kind of produced an extra report about how can we restructure the knowledge communities to really kind of serve the constituents um, on a national but also regional level. So I think really kind of looking at how we can increase accessibility to, to our members on a regional level. So what work can we do with the regional reps, whether that be through drive-ins, whether that be through just in different um, electronic hookups and connections and things like that, that we can kind of keep the conversation going. So I think looking at um, new initiatives that way, um, I know the regional reps are really excited to kind of start diving in and exploring some new options and at least ha now having a direction to kind of move forward with. Um, so I think that's also a huge way so how can we get other people involved, whether that be through the regional or through different committees, to eventually get them to maybe a spot on the KC leadership team just because they're volunteering and they're interested. So, hmm. Okay. Sean, how about, how about this? Um, what new things can we expect from the KC during your tenure? What should folks be looking out for and excited about? So I think I, I, I touched on a little bit on our end. So um, part of my areas of responsibility with this role is I, I oversee our regional rep. So I think a lot more regional uh, rep connections. Well, we did, Avani and I did a survey for the KC and we had a great response rate back on that. And a lot of people said they want to connect more on a regional level. Um, so that's something that our regional reps are going to really kind of try to do more. Um, is can we sponsor different programs at different regional conferences? Can we, you know, have um, an SLPKC, um, you know, night out in, in Boston for if it's, if it's for a drive-in or something like that? Or can we have a social? Can we do some different pre-cons at different summer symposiums and things like that? So um, a lot more programming and initiative driven from the regional reps, I think, is something that they're really excited for and you can, you can see coming down in the next couple of years. Um, Avani kind of mentioned a little bit too about the idea of providing additional blogs that you know each of our members are going to start blogging if someone else wants to start blogging as well that's more that's more than welcome but I think how can we continue to provide outgoing resources for people that's just not your normal here is a article on X Y and Z model right more innovative ways to kind of show that so I think those are at least some of the bigger ones um, from my area Avani yeah and I mean 
not to put you on the spot, Miles, but Miles and his team have been coming up with some really creative social media projects that I think as we roll out mm -hmm. in this next year, mm -hmm. I think will allow us to have some more touch points and accessibility to our general members. Um, so stay tuned for some of those fun and creative <coughs> ways that we hope to use social media of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter in ways that we can kind of do that. Um, and then, as you mentioned, the blog post, I think, is another really great touch point. Um, another piece we really want to focus on is that resources page, right? You know, mm -hmm. being able to provide resources and best practices. Um, as we did our survey, we found that individuals were really interested in learning more about servant leadership and emotionally intelligent leadership and uh, the social change model of leadership and how we're utilizing these on our campuses. Um, so how can we take some of those topic areas that folks are interested in and really expanding upon them? Um, in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to be that resource and looking at best practices that are happening and creative practices because no one college does leadership in the same way and how can we also be collaborative with some of our other areas that we're working with. So you know we've been approached by the student government KC and um, you know this uh, the civic engagement and a democratic committee. So like there's so many different collaborations that we might be able to do um, and assessment like as we see multi-institute study of leadership come through. So I think one of those things that we're hoping to focus on is like bringing some more of those resources out to our constituents so that they can learn from them and also providing resources for our new grad students that are coming out into the field who may not have that background knowledge mm -hmm. about those areas and those contents because yeah, you may learn about some leadership theories in your graduate program, which is great, but how are you applying them to the work that you're mm -hmm. using? So it's not just about learning what those theories are, but how do you actually translate them into a leadership program that you might be tasked to, to create? Or how do you add more theoretical frameworks to existing programs that may already be in existence, or revamp those existing programs that have been going on for so long and just may need some updates of social media or webinars or technology infused into them? Because I think that's such an important piece that you know, we need to kind of incorporate into the generation of students that we're working with. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. What do y'all, um, I know that, you know, from this conversation and also from the roles that you currently have, I know that engagement with the KC has big, been a big part of both of your professional lives. And so I wonder, um, you know, outside of just the SLPKC, but just the, the process of professional engagement, I think that that's sort of a offense that people sit on a lot of times, you know, like doing good work on my campus. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that people really consider about, you know, sort of passively attending conferences or having like a real, a real um, role to play in the cost benefit of that because they're, you know, it's certainly time and there's, there's things that people are considering there. So I wonder if y'all could both kind of share what value do you think the student affairs practitioners gain from professional engagement from things like serving on the leadership committee of the, of the SLPKC? Well, I'll kind of say this because um, in a lot of my roles, I've been the only person who's been doing leadership development on my campus. Mm -hmm. Not in the sense of, that I don't see it happening in some of our other content areas, but I'm the leadership person, mm -hmm. right? The assistant sure. director or the director of leadership programs. Mm -hmm. And folks kind of come to me and are like, okay, so you're supposed to be the expert on this particular topic. And sometimes it's hard to be the expert when things are growing, changing, and evolving on a consistent basis, right? Mm -hmm. There's new leadership things coming out, leadership books coming out every single day, different leadership theories, and to try to keep up with that is really hard because there's always a new leadership thing that's kind of coming out. 
And so I think through my involvement through the Casey has allowed me to talk with other people who are utilizing different areas and be able to be engaged and have some creative conversations about, hey, this is an issue on our campus. We don't recruit a lot of men into our programs. Like, how do you do that? Um, how do you reach those po populations of students that you may not see as engaged or may not see themselves as leaders? So for me, those early conversations about challenges that I had in my position um, that I was having on my campus, but also seeing what other institutions were doing. So that networking piece for me was a key piece, but it also provided me with a lot of support from others who were doing the same type of work that I was doing and not feeling so in my bubble of like, okay, I need to be an expert on this topic, but I'm not entirely sure how to like go about branching out and developing those skills. So by having the KC and having other individuals to talk to who had that same background and were facing some of the same challenges that I was in my role, I think provided me with a support system that I didn't necessarily have on my campus at that time because we were addressing some of the same issues, but to see what other campuses were doing provided me with support and ideas that I didn't see at my own campus. Um, and having very similar philosophies of like, we're, all, we're both using social change model of leadership. Like, how do you use it? How can we incorporate those practices into what we do? Or how do you get 5,000 students to take MSL, you know? So like, you know, and sharing those type tips and suggestions that were specific to that role, um, I think helped me to grow as a professional, but also share what, reiterate, yeah, you're doing an okay job too. <laughs> You know, sometimes you needed that support to say, okay, you are doing what we should be doing and we are hitting those best practices mm -hmm. um, and being able to kind of do that. So I think for me, that's how the SLPKC provided support and understanding, uh, but it also exposed me to individuals like John Dugan or Susan Colby's or different things like that to have those conversations about how I was struggling or Paige Haber-Curran who had come to our campus to talk about emotionally intelligent leadership. like. Those relationships are ones that I've now established that have helped me <coughs> professionally because I can go to them and be like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Like, how can you help me do this? And they're more than willing to help and assist with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sean, anything? No, I mean, I think I would agree a lot with what Lavani said. I think um, as a new professional, I was the same way, you know, with, hey, you know, we, we have a training tomorrow. Can you do this leadership topic? Okay, cool. Like, let me also f figure out what you want and, and things like that. What students do you have that I haven't already talked to? So I think there's a this high demand for us to kind of always know and be that quote unquote expert and provide new things every week or every semester or every year type of thing. So I think, um, and especially as a new professional, um, when I came out of grad school, I didn't have the knowledge necessarily of all this information, all these theories and best practices. So I I always just kind of used what. Um, I've been through or what I've seen or done. So like this, I'll. Being a part of the KC and the professional development really allowed me to step out of my comfort zone and make those connections and ask for that support and realize that like it's okay to be vulnerable and be like, I don't know what I'm doing as a professional or I don't know what to do with this program. Like, what are your thoughts behind that? Because I think oftentimes we get in that mindset of like, everything's like, we can't ask for help because then we're going to be looked on upon as a professional or, you know, you are the leadership expert. So why are you asking for, why are you asking for help type of thing? So I think it really showed me the significance of asking for help and kind of the idea of, way that someone does it on your campus miles is different than the way that I do it on my campus. So understanding like how we can make those tweaks or what um, what changes didn't work so well behind that. And I think at the same time, it provided that opportunity um, to understand that support. I think 
nowadays with uh, at least at Dickinson College, you know, we're experiencing some budget issues, right? So the idea of the idea of understanding the significance of student affairs in the academic in the academic life versus that of the student affairs life, a lot of now is assessment based, right? So how can you show that leisure development is actually propelling the students forward? And I think it's that's a tough thing to think about as we start moving through and I know I, because of the KC, I, I had an opportunity to do a pre-con with um, Dr. Seemiller, and you know, I reached out and be like, "Hey, you, your copies is a great idea, but how can we how can we include these into into Dickinson to show that like what we're doing is beneficial?" So, uh, you know, just making those connections with the pillars of the field and leisure development is, I think, is phenomenal. Can be like, "Hey, I've talked to so and so, and this is what they recommend," and that holds a lot of weight with those upper level administrators sometimes too that you're researching because oftentimes it's what other schools doing, right? And sometimes schools don't want to share what they're doing because it's sometimes we think it's a competition, right? So I think really getting it from the source really helped us and helped me kind of propel my career forward and my knowledge base and be like, it's okay to say, I don't, I don't know, but I'll find out, so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like, I, I've reflected some recently on the, on the difference of working with graduate assistants and full-time staff and you find that um, there's an assumption that the graduate assistantship will be a learning process. Yeah. And I think you really have to work and create an open space and open dialogue with full-time staff members to have that same assumption, you know, mm -hmm. because I think folks move into those full-time roles and they think like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be, you know, like the cake here is supposed to be fully baked and I'm supposed to, you know, like roll out and be ready to go. But I mean, that wouldn't be much of a profession if, you know, six months into your first full-time job, you felt totally, you know, totally prepared to be what you're doing. So, you know, like as a, as a KC and as a sort of outlet of professional engagement to help, you know, reinforce that idea that we're all here, you know, mm -hmm. still learning and growing, I think is a really, it's a really neat idea. So. It's so key because I think that with every new <laughs> leadership perspective that comes through, I mean, right. there's so much out there in the leadership realm um, that's constantly growing and developing and, you know, we need to be able to keep up with some of those pieces. And as we we talk about our students growing and changing professionally as well, how do we meet the needs of them? You know, are they are they looking for short-term leadership programs that are one-off things? How developmental is that? Uh, you know, our old model of, and I'm not saying old in the sense, but we've used that model before where it's like, you know, 10 different workshops and then you do this. and but is that working for our students who are looking for that here right. and now experiences for our students? And then how do we do that in a creative way that we still feel like they're learning something out of that situation and not just a one-off thing? Um, I mean, at least I struggle professionally yeah. with how, how do we make this engaging and how do we make this something that they want to do versus something that we're making them do yeah. or that exactly. is going to be just a credentialing system mm -hmm. for them mm -hmm. um, and being able to say, okay, now you received your gold star because you did this. Like, right. But how do we make sure that the learning outcomes that we want our students to come out of experience actually get <laughs> um, in a way that's thoughtful and innovative and creative and um, engaging? Mm -hmm. So... Um, and still keeps up with our ideas of what we want them to learn out of that experience. And I think I agree with that. Cause I think I may view a certain model. Uh, the thing I love about leadership development and the thing I love about leadership is there's no one definition of leadership, right? It's very situational based, very, you know, and I think that's why there's so many leadership books. There's so many leadership theories because it's, no one can put a, I don't think no one can put a, a, a definition to it because it, it differs from person to person. So I think it's also allows students to teach them the, how to have that civil discourse about like, you know, you say this, but I disagree with you because I view leadership as this way. So I think, like Alain was talking about those learning outcomes, like what's the point of this? What these? And I think it's the idea that they can learn so much more than just how to lead an organization or 
how to plan a meeting or or make an agenda. I think it's also the idea of like how to have that discourse, with, a healthy discourse with someone, and understand that no one has to agree to make that decision. I think that's also what fascinates me about this this field and talking with people in leadership development because it's always something different, even if it's the same model, right? So I think, but the idea of them getting to that point of this is the this is the true purpose of what leadership is versus just getting stuff like a here's this four step model. Thank you for my academic credit, and now I'm gonna move on to the next thing, right? So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Conversation certainly to continue to continue to think about. Um, all right. Well, thanks to everyone for joining us for the NASPA Leadership Podcast presented by the NASPA Student Leadership Programs Knowledge Community. And thanks to Shana Avani for joining us. Excited about y'all's tenure at the helm of the KC and excited to work with y'all more. Uh, you can get more information about our KC on the various social media outlets, including facebook.com backslash SA lead. On Twitter at NASPA SLPKC, on Instagram at NASPA underscore SLPKC, and you can connect with me on Twitter if you're interested at Miles, M Y L E S underscore Surrett, S U R R E T T. And finally, if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, we'd love to hear about your program, so please shoot an email to NASPA Leader Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks, Sean and Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you.